The Town Whispers is a narrative horror podcast that will tell the many stories hidden behind the rain and the fog and the trees of the Pacific Northwest. But those eyes, which peer up from dark, unknowable pits of misery, are why. Listener discretion is advised. The night was unseasonably warm. The harsh bite of winter still clung in the wind and at the edge of the night, but the snow underfoot which had blanketed the fort had thawed, bringing forth the mud which had laid hidden and ready to spring forth. The snow, of course, hung at the base of trees or on the raised hilly spots about town where the snow had been kept out of the flood of the thaw or had been shaded from the light of the day, which brought little warmth but was enough. The path Tom walked was a quagmire of wet, hungry earth which consumed each step as he went. The hungry holes, or footprints left behind filling with silvery pools of water underneath the moonlight of a nearly full moon. Tom's breath hung in the air, his exhales coming out raspy and animalistic as the idea that the man who escaped the light the man which was ash and rot incarnate was right and that Ben was alive, ate at Tom, consumed Tom, terrified Tom, and in some sick, perverse way, excited Tom. The idea that Ben was alive meant that Tom had not killed him. That was exciting and filled him with hope, but that Trojan horse, known as Hope, spoke logic in his mind's ear told him that it was impossible even if he had left ben down in that pit alive even if tom had condemned him to the agony of lying broken and alone he was still alive but ben would have died long ago starving to death or freezing to death the memory of regret for what had happened with ben gnawed at tom and it had gnawed at him for years he blocked himself from that regret, the emotions of impending consequence, the guilt, the sorrow. Tom had blocked those emotions, had torn them down and put them away with every ounce of his will and every ounce of his intent. His intent to escape his own guilt for what had happened to Ben. That's where the magic was, in the will of a boy who walked in shoes too large for him pretending to be more than he was, trying to forget the scared boy hurtling himself in fear through a cave, trying to forget the boy who had killed his older, better, kinder brother. Intent and will. 
That's what kept him ignorant and unseeing. That's how he'd flitted through life until the pleading whispers of Peggy had dragged him back to the memory of something forgotten, dragged him back to face the locked doors, had forced him to remember there were things to be locked away that in fact Ben wasn't just a nightmare that plagued him, that Ben wasn't just a blip in the short history of Tom LaPont. Tom wasn't indifferent. Tom wasn't uncaring as he had thought himself to be, how Peggy had thought him to be. That truth had been lost for so long, Tom felt more deeply than most. His was an empathy that bore the slings and arrows of all those around him out of love and sympathy and those deep emotions. They fueled his will and his intent to forget and to lock a part of himself away. After Tom had knocked Ben from the ledge of a deep dark pit where the cave turned down maliciously in serpentine, Tom had sat there on his knees stunned, confused, peering down an impossibly dark pit. Ben? Ben? Ben! Ben? As he sat there, Tom's knees pressed into tiny sharp pebbles which slowly scratched at his skin. As Tom shivered, as he sobbed quietly, too stunned to fully comprehend what had happened, but knowing all too well that Ben was gone, those sharp tiny little pebbles sawed at the knees of his pants and then at his knees. It would have taken an awfully long time, and an awfully long time is how long Tom sat there. Fragmented thoughts of what he should do hurled through his mind as abstract images, his mind too scattered, too shattered to piece together a full sentence. As he stared into the dark, his eyes unfocused. Mirroring his frailed mind, he began to see the eyes of his mother peering back at him. They were red, wet from crying. Her bottom eyelids were purple from the sheer strain of the primal sorrow of a parent who had lost her favorite child. Tom's mouth twisted into an exaggerated frown as he watched in horror as the inside corners of his mother's disembodied eyes birthed tears of a sharp and painful magnitude. Tom flinched, turning away from the mirage in the dark, shaking the image from his eyes, but they were imprinted on his mind. Tom never wanted to see that again, so Tom knew he would lie. Not willing to meet the gaze of the black once more, Tom stared down at his own hands. He'd been in the pitch black of the cave long enough that he could make out the shape of those hands. The way his index finger stood not quite as straight as his other fingers, from the time he'd twisted and broken it falling from a tree. He could see the deep lines on the belly of his knuckles and the trenches of his palms where his hand folded naturally. And Tom sat there as he balled his hands into fists and then unfurled them feeling the way they animated, 
focusing intently in the life which drew the strings which operated his fingers through his tiny little wrists and into his forearms which tightened with the strain and then relaxed as he opened his hands once more. His hands were the same hands as his brother, Ben's hands. His hands which would never open welcomingly or kindly, nor would they ever close tight with the fury or excitement or fear ever again. And their hands were the hands they had inherited from their father. Tom's hands were his father's hands, and the longer he stared down at his own palms turned up, the more Tom began to cry, the faculties of his shocked and traumatized mind returning to him in one small part. Those tears rained into his open palms, washing away the illusion of innocence. Tom had killed Ben, and the more the tears fell, the more red and wet his hands became red and wet with the blood of his brother. And the longer his hands remained drenched in that sin, the sin of obliterating a life from the earth and stealing his mother and father's eldest son, the more hardened and calloused his hands appeared to him. Meanwhile, Tom continued to ball his hands into fists and then open them over and over. Tom's hands were his father's hands. Tom's tears were his father's tears. Tom held his hands out in front of his knees as he felt the darkness. As he gathered it in his wet, salty hands, he rolled it and kneaded it, manifesting some quantity of mass. And then he held the ball in his left hand, the back of it resting on the ground cradling what Tom imagined was the broken head and face of Ben LaPont. And he cradled it gingerly and tenderly. With his right hand, Tom reached out and rested his hand on the rocky ground of the cave, imagining it was the still, unmoving chest, the cooling carcass of his brother. Tom knew he would lie. He did not speak it. Not even in his mind, not to himself, he saw the image of a lie in his mind, though. The black grit of it between his teeth, staining every word from there on out. Tom would not watch his mother cry, breaking apart inside. Tom would not watch his father cradle his firstborn son's broken body the way Tom had just imagined and pantomimed it in the dark of the cave. Tom would lie and he would keep lying, and he would lie until they believed him. Ben had run away, and that was the only truth they'd ever know. The only truth anyone would ever know. He would lie so well, he would convince the harshest critic. Himself. Tom stood. His knees ached, his back pinched in the shoulder, his muscles felt as if they were shucking off loose shale, much like the cave he had lost himself to for only God knows how long. Without a word, Tom turned and began to slowly walk out of the cave. Left foot, and then right foot. The first lock clicked shut. 
Tom ran his fingers through his hair as he felt the weight lift from him. Right foot, and then left foot. The second lock clicked shut. Tom yawned, feeling unexplainably drained, worn from exploring the caves behind him, looking for Ben. Something had happened to Ben, but what was it? Left foot, and then right foot. The third lock clicked shut, and that was that. Ben had run away. Tom LaPont, with every ounce of his sorrow, every soul-shattering splinter of regret, fueling his will to forget, fueling his intent, each step he took towards the entrance of the cave, another key twisted, locking away all that had happened. The closer to exiting that cave, the further away from the sound of sputtering pain that Tom could hear emanating from the pit at the darkest, deepest recesses of that cave. While it wasn't his problem, it wasn't Ben. Ben had run away. Whatever was in pain, whatever coughed and groaned, it wasn't Tom's problem. Tom held his lantern high as he retraced his steps to the mouth of the cave, each step twisting a key in a lock long since rusted over and each lock clicking open stubbornly before swinging in his mind and dropping into oblivion and beyond the recesses of Tom LaPont's subconscious being. How could he have forgotten? How could he not have told his mother and father? What if Ben was alive? What if Ben could have been saved? The immensity of Tom's actions pressed him into the mud on which he strode. He could feel his steps becoming labored, the magics of a willful and stupid younger Tom pushing him back. No! Don't you take another step, Tom. Turn around and run. Run fast and run quiet before your own mind hears you. Before your own mind finds you skulking at the mouth of it all. But the legend Tom LaPont was done running. The legend Tom LaPont was done hiding and stepping quietly. The legend Tom LaPont, who was quicker and more quiet than any other girl or boy ever born in the fort, held his lantern high as the final lock, shattered with a burst of jolting pain. The pain of a spell woven from mountainous regret, a spell woven from the most distilled, pure, unadulterated fear of a young boy. The fear of having done something that could not be undone. Tom dropped the lantern into the mud. It bounced and clattered, landing into a soggy pool and hissing as the kerosene-fueled light dimmed and vanished from the world. His hands gripped tightly. All the fear, all the sorrow, all the anger and self-loathing, each tendril of his memory, each thread of self-consciousness, each pustule of his loathsome, terrible existence felt on fire. 
Tom's fingers tried to grip and pull the pain through the roots of his hair. Eventually, the pain began to subside. Tom stood straightening himself. Tom was afraid of the dark. His light had gone out, and he peered into the face of his own mistake. He stared into the mouth of a beast which had consumed his brother. Tom raised his hands, gripping the rope slung over his head and across his torso tightly. His knuckles were white. They felt raw. Tom steadied himself as he accepted who and what he was. The legend Tom LaPont, more cowardly and dreadful than any other boy or girl who had ever been born or ever would be born in the fort, walked out of the light of a bright and almost full moon and into the cave. Today's episode was written and performed by Cole Weavers. Sound production and editing by Matt Black. Our theme song is by the ever-wonderful Charlie P.S. The fort is built on secrets and shadows, on unspoken truths and the designs of the long shadows, whoever they may be. But it's also built on the support of its townsfolk. Would you like to support our tiny little monstrosity of a town by mending the roof of the church? Or keeping the doors of the sanatorium for the lost and unwanted open? Or perhaps you'd rather help build a mausoleum for the ones who will never die? In thanks for your support, and for only a few dollars a month, you'll receive episodes of The Town Whispers released early and forever ad-free as well as exclusive short stories and one-shots to expand your knowledge of what lays dormant and watching under the earth. Would you like to see, with your own frail eyes that can only see what can be imagined by the goodness of a heart drenched in humanity by receiving digital rewards of the visual variety? All this and more will be revealed on our Patreon. Please consider joining us at www.patreon.com slash the town whispers if you would like to support us in other ways please consider following us on facebook and instagram and on twitter at the town whispers or by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts for more information on the show please head on over to www.thetownwhispers.com i got the ghost of you inside of Yeah.